We live in a twilight world. And there are no friends at dusk. Professor Jones and the Diggs. Professor Jones and the Diggs. Professor Jones and the Diggs. <laughs> I didn't think we'd be in the position to looking forward to seeing Edward Cullen in more movies so much, but here we are in 2020. And the guy from Twilight. That's right. He's the guy from <laughs> Twilight. I'm, I'm all in on Robert Pattinson at this current moment. Uh, I love him. He's a, he's a great actor. Uh, I absolutely loved him uh, in the film we're going to talk about today. Uh, but even in the last year, uh, Devil All the Time, uh, you also have uh, The King that was on Netflix. He was awesome. Oh, uh, Timothy kind of, Shalley's. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He plays an uppity. Chalamacy's. Uh, he, he plays an uppity French prince in that, and I really digged him in that as well. But Slips in the mud. <laughs> that's right. Can't take the heat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Battle of Agincourt. Ever heard of it? Uh, but okay, I yeah. know, I know. But uh, I'm I'm a huge fan. But what do you, you think ever feel about? Like, go ahead. Well, do you ever feel like with Robert Pattinson? I don't know. This might just be me, but every single time I see him on screen, I feel like I'm like the 13 or 14 year old girl at the premiere. Just standing with like the sign, like Robert. <laughs> like every single time I see him on screen, I'm like, Robert, I love you. Robert, <laughs> I want to party with you. <laughs> that's probably leftover energy from your youth. I mean, you were a huge Twilight fan. You were dressing up well, like Edward yeah. Cullen I all mean, the time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was. Um, I am. You know, I continue to be. That was, a, I, I think we've talked about that before on the, you know, on the podcast, but that was a period of time. You know, I dressed up like him for a bit. It was a you good know, look, too. <laughs> you know, I, I may or may not have used some makeup, you know. Well, it, it plays into who you are now, you know. And not maybe a lot. You, you lost the makeup, maybe, but I think that some of that, you know, initial could've, Edward Cullen <laughs> energy could taken out of makeup. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. what are you thinking of Patton, Pattinson nowadays? I mean, with, the, with all the Batman stuff going on, uh, you know, it's been pushed back a lot, so now it's like YouTubers are going crazy and they're constantly talking about it, so I'm hyped on that film. Um, I think that's going to be incredible, but that Batman yeah, trailer. I mean, there's the, there's the, the McConaughey. I know it's too yeah, good. Yeah, that Batman trailer. It's too uh, good. The the McConaissance. But what do you say about Pattinson? Well, honestly, because we- I would, I guess I would have to remember how to track the McConaissance where it started. But I believe that it definitely was heavily influenced by his involvement in, in Interstellar, right? And so yeah. it could be, you know, maybe although. Pattinson has been doing a number of good films recently. Tenet and then the Batman is going to push him into that next era of his film. The career. next level where he's standing there going, I want to thank the Academy. I want to thank, you know, exactly. Kristen Stewart. Is Exa- it Kristen or Kirsten? It's Kristen. Yeah, Kristen. Kirsten, Kristen. or yeah. uh, Kirsten or whatever it was. Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst. That's who I was thinking of. That's the one. Yeah, from Small Soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> Small soldiers. <laughs> Great yeah, movie. Absolutely. Speaking of small soldiers, we're talking about Tenet today. <laughs> <laughs> talking. Nice intro to Tenet. Speaking of small soldiers, <laughs> we're talking about the movie Tenet. <laughs> I was trying to think of a smooth transition, but I, but it just wasn't there. So, uh, dude, we're talking about Tenet today, and it's Professor Jones. Can't Back wait. at it. My name is Dave Jones, and I am the professor. Uh, my name is Danny Jones, and I am, in fact, the Diggs. 
And we're here talking about the movie that I think that I have been looking forward to more than most. I mean, I have been anticipating this thing for a very long time. Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite directors. Uh, He's one of the greats out there at the current moment. And so been heavily anticipating this film. And within the last year, it's been put off for quite some time. And now that it's finally here, I am so pumped to sit around to talk about it. It's fantastic. Yeah, I know. I am too. And and I, you know, I didn't go see it in theaters. This year was weird. You know, like I I don't know how many did. I actually I looked at the um it looked like it passed its um its budget. It looks like worldwide gross, it passed its budget. I think it was 250 mil. Um and it passed it, which is great. I think in the states it it definitely didn't, but worldwide it did. So that's good to see, but with a movie like this, I wanted to bring that up. You feel bad, you know? Like, you mm-hmm. feel bad that this didn't have, like, the huge opening night because there's so many Nolan fans out there that would have gone to the premiere. Um, I would imagine it would have been a pretty packed house, you know? People are really, I mean, people like this guy, uh, you know, or at least I I love him. Well, I, think <laughs> you know, I love Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan is, like, you know, a big-name actor at this point, right? Like, you advertise him Director. as the star of the movie rather than the actor. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. he's very much Steven Spielbergish in that way. But keep going. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree, I agree. No, I mean, but basically it was just what I was saying is, like, I think it's it's too bad. And last night when I was sitting here watching it um, in 4K, um, it, even the 4K and, and just my TV here, it didn't, I feel like it didn't do it the full justice. Like, I still want to go see this in IMAX because... I feel like that would be incredible. And that's what, like, uh, Inception, I went to the drive-in. That was the first time I saw it. And, you know, I was dinking around in the backseat doing something, like, you know, or, you know, just eating candy and stuff. I was pretty young. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, when that came out, I saw it at the drive-in, then I knew I had to go to the theater, and then I got to experience it at the theater, and that changed everything because um, I didn't fully understand it. And so having it at home is great, you know. Uh, it's great. It's a great first time watch, and now I can just plug it in and watch it again. Um, but I do wish, you know, hopefully at some point, maybe Christopher Nolan will do something. He's a pretty savvy guy. I mean, he does, he does that kind of stuff. I feel like he maybe he's re-released some of his films again in theaters or no. I don't know if they've done a re-release of any of his movies. Dark Knight would be the best candidate, I would imagine, for that. It would. But. No, I agree, though. I mean, it's like it's a, it's a huge bummer that this didn't have the, you know, like theater going experience excitement for everyone, you know, and yeah. it's more yeah. of like didn't did ever, the popcorn did anybody and the bunch see? of crunch. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, did anybody see Tenet? Does anybody talk to anybody who's seen Tenet? What did they say? People say that it's pretty good, but kind of confusing. So I guess that's the word on the street about this movie. And that's exactly it. It's like, who saw Tenet? I, I don't know. Yeah, because it's been I so, seriously. I, I mean, don't, there's nothing. I don't think I talked to very many people that had seen it that went actually, that went to the theater to go see it. So I'm well, curious. Actually, to I am see... a landlord, and one of my tenants. Um... <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would imagine I would want I would wonder to see what the buzz is after now that it's out to buy, and then when it becomes available to rent, if people start talking a lot more about tenant because because that is the thing right now. It's 19.99, you know, yeah. and it's like. I don't know. Not people want like immediate accessibility to these things or else they're not going to pay attention. So like when it's in theaters, that's a fun movie event and you go watch it, but yeah, being faced with 1999, it's like 
Not everybody wants to do that. They would rather just go straight back to Stranger Things or whatever else is going on in their world. So, yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah. But and also, um, yeah, I keep forgetting everybody's name. John David Washington? Yeah. Is that it? Denzel's Yeah, son. John David Washington. Denzel's. Um, I actually didn't know that until like two months ago. But um, It's so wild. It's so wild. I actually, I was watching it and, and midway through I said, is that Denzel? No, but... um. Uh, I just I kind of feel bad for him too because I feel like if this had a huge premiere, maybe his career could have kicked off in the right place, and I think it still has. He, yeah, man. Because spoiler alert, he crushes it. <laughs> like he's so good he in this movie. It. I love him yeah. in this movie, just he's like awesome. he did for the Rams. Yeah. Is that you know, who he did? You know, he, in Ballers, is that the the team that he plays for in Ballers? No, he actually was in the NFL. Oh gosh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I had completely yeah. forgotten about that. But yeah, I got he, some stats here. Pulled he never up. actually played, um, did he? Or was he more? He didn't play on he was the Rams. Just like a practice he played. Squad guy. Yeah, he was a practice squad guy. He played in the UFL. And let's just run this, uh, run through this. So from 2007 to 2012, with the Rainfire California Redwoods and the Sacramento Mountain Lions. Uh, rawr, they're gonna get you. Um, <laughs> the Mountain Lions. He ra- <laughs> I want to be. I would love a team that was nicknamed the Mountain Lions. That was their mascot. Yeah, hopefully. Or like, I, I just hope we don't cave today, you know, or something. Um, God, that was dumb. Like a mountain. So reference. he ran for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he ran for 500 Literally yards that. in his the defense career. Defense is pretty steep. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um. Here, let's pause. Uh, <laughs> oh, see they we're okay. mixing between mountain, um, like geographical terms and then animals go ahead and then Continue the lion in your thought well i was talking about the stats um 500 yards in his career not that much to be honest um on 123 123 attempts um so 500 yards in 123 attempts uh i did the math it's like four yards of carry not that great um Scoring, uh, he did have four rushing touchdowns, and he also caught 15 passes for 101 yards. That's about 6.7 yards uh, per carry there, and one receiving touchdown. So, hey, you know, maybe he wasn't the best football player, but we clearly know he had aspirations to uh, to strive for for greatness. You well, know, this guy's even being in that league, you're like know, a cut above yeah. most. So it's Here like, I am as Stephen A. Smith, like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He sucks. Even though well, I can't I mean, even, it's like, like, throw a football. <laughs> it's like, it's true. It's like he, he didn't, nec- that didn't necessarily turn out the way that I'm assuming he wanted it to go, but like, still that's pretty freaking impressive. And then he goes on to this, uh, you know, pretty successful acting career so far. And he's only like what? 36 or something like that. 38, 36, he, he's like in his like mid thirties. So he's got plenty somewhere of somewhere between 25 and 42. Yeah, exactly. P- plenty of room yeah. left though. So, uh, oh man. Yeah. But let's, oh, do you want to just get into some initial thoughts? Because, you know, Tenet is a film yeah. that I think that it is right up there with, uh, the best, uh, of Nolan's stuff. And of Nolan. I yeah. guess we can talk about where it ranks among the others, but, I really love this yeah. movie, and you know when you were talking earlier about 1999, like this kind of feels reminiscent of a Matrix style movie, where I really think that this is going to have an effect on what you can do in filmmaking because some of the mm-hmm. stuff in this movie is so incredible, and I also love this movie because I think it's a movie that necessitates repeated viewings. You know, like this is Absolutely. a puzzle. That's the to good be thing explored. about it. 
And that's exactly what Inception did. That's exactly what Interstellar did, right? These are movies that yeah. you watch again and again to see how much more you can pick up on. But but this one is like a Mission Impossible type feel. So it's like, I feel like I want to turn this one on more than like Interstellar. I watched it a bunch when it first, you know, premiered and came out. I saw it like two or three times in theaters and I've seen it maybe three times since, uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, it's it's incredible, but I don't know. I think this one might end up being the one that I watch the most besides the Dark Knight trilogy. I, you know, as of, as of recently, since it's come out, I've probably done the Dark Knight trilogy once a year, I'd say Mm -hmm. right around there. We just went through it again. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I probably go through, I probably go through most of Nolan's stuff like every two years, some, somewhere in there, you know, I'm, I'm constantly every couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Every couple of weeks, I definitely I'm turning on at least the second half of Prestige uh, <laughs> bi weekly basis. Uh, but no, I mean this this movie's unreal though. Uh, I'm a huge fan of a lot of the actors involved, but I really think that the idea and the world that Christopher Nolan came up with in this is so ambitious and so cool to see executed in such an expert fashion. And it's just, oh, I mean. I understand why, but it is horrifying that we didn't get to see this movie like at its full extent in theaters with just people running into it and having the best time ever and then going out and talking about it and going to it again to try to uncover its secrets. But at the same time... Running out and going, that was an amazing movie. I can't wait to watch the trailer because they went, you know... The trailer on the... uh, Like, oh, I just saw the movie. It was amazing. I can't wait to watch the trailer... Because I haven't seen it yet. Because I hadn't seen it yet. Because I went in and then came back out. <laughs> it's yeah. so it's so good. Sorry. No, no. Uh, no, it's great. It's it's fantastic. So, but another thing that I was gonna say is that I don't know about you, but I do think that this movie was better served uh, being able to sit in my living room and watch it. Because I totally paused it and rewound a couple parts to That's, go yeah. over That's a, good point. a couple of scenes because this movie gets really dense and it gets super complex and it's kind of tough to keep up with at certain times. So uh, I don't think that I would understand it as well as I do uh, had I not been able to do that during the movie. So I think that this, yeah, had I just walked out it. of a theater, I probably would have been super confused. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree, especially with the subtitles, too. Yeah, um, subtitles are huge. You let me know beforehand to have those on, and that helped a ton. In mm-hmm. theaters, I remember even The Dark Knight Rises, the first the first cut of it when it came out, and Bane's voice hadn't been, like, remixed or something like that. And so it was like, you just couldn't understand anything he was saying. It was like, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. course, you know, and then it gets clear, and you're like, sweet, I actually understand it. But, yeah, the, the subtitles helped a ton. <laughs> I only watch, I've only seen it the first, the, the one time. I've only seen it the one time. So you've seen it twice now, right? Uh, no, not really. I watched Tenet, and then I watched uh, a couple of the action scenes, and then I watched the last about hour. Um, okay. So I kind of okay. fast-forwarded through, but I had to watch that last bit again because I wanted to make sure that I understood what was actually happening. <laughs> I might rely on you for some of that because I'm still pretty confused, but I loved it. <laughs> and yeah, I I'm like a I huge know- kind of what happened you know yeah, some yeah. of the story beats and different yeah, yeah i don't know it's dude it's so crazy man <laughs> this movie 
But yeah, I, and I think you. that you know, w- what did you think of Dunkirk? Because I think we're both on the, kind of the same understanding of Dunkirk that lack of character Kenneth development. Branagh. I know, you know, home. Uh, Kenneth Branagh, great in that movie. But that's one of my main concerns with Dunkirk was that that was a fun experience, but the characters don't really draw me into that movie at all. And so the rewatches, I'm less inclined to do so because I don't really care about what's going on in the film as much. Honestly, man, I think I, I may have watched it twice, but I think I've only seen it the one time. Dunkirk? I think so. Yeah. yeah I mean, it could be time for a rewatch because, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I love Tom Hardy. Um, but <laughs> I... I think that the the character development was was lacking, and it's uh it's just a different kind of movie. It doesn't it you know when the trailer came out for that movie, I was thinking like Saving Private Ryan. Like Nolan does Saving Private Ryan this is going to be sick, but Nolan just did Nolan, you know, and he he did what he wanted to do with it. And yeah, it's not my it's not my favorite, but I respect it. I guess you mm-hmm. know, nonetheless, I respect what it is and how yeah he uses so many um you know, like practical sets and things like that, that when you watch his movies, you just can't help but be blown away because everybody else is using CGI, you know, mm-hmm. everybody else and these big blockbusters. And he, he bought, you know, he literally bought a plane for this and sold the engines of it. And, but he, <laughs> he bought a plane. Like yeah, he asked yeah. the studio, Hey, can we get a 747 or whatever it is? And, um, that's crazy. Yeah, he's just crazy. Well, and you yeah. know that he has these big ideas too, where he didn't necessarily know exactly how it was going to play into the movie, but he's like, "I want to crash a plane rolling into a building in this movie at some point." So I'm going to try to make that so happen. So do it. He's actually <laughs> such a jerk. <laughs> His assistant <laughs> spills the coffee. Okay, Mr. Nolan. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I've heard Christopher Nolan is just horrible to his employees when he's working. <laughs> no, Get I think I need that plane. There was now. there was some article or something about him, but I think that for most people, he's a he's a pretty gentlemanly dude. He's, he's an a, artist and he's yeah. killer at what he does. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. But I love I love Christopher Nolan for you know him standing up uh, to you know standing up for theaters right and standing up for yeah to Warner cinema, Brothers and that right whole now. thing it's great I'm I'm yeah. totally I'm always down well, for because Nolan. Warner Brothers is all it, it, that's you know that's his deal Warner Brothers and and uh, what does Legendary work on these films or no uh, I think so what is it like Sin Copy or whatever that yeah Sin Copy uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's good that he stood up to the studio saying, "Hey, we need things to still come out in theaters, not just at home." <laughs> you know, we're not making the transition here right now. Don't jump the gun. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine that you know, as the uh, he he very much views himself as uh, a person who has uh, a large amount of influence that can kind of stop the progression toward closing of theaters and more streaming environments right and in that fight he really views himself as the protagonist (laughs) Uh. oh i see what you did there yeah i know it was all building just to the protagonist reference but let's talk about tenant and (laughs) And then you see see me go for go for a drink and you're like Oh, no, he's not going to get it. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to register what that means. He's grabbing his water. (laughs) He's not even focusing. Um, But I don't even know where to start with this one. Uh, The music, just initially, uh, I want to mention that Ludwig Göransson with the... uh, It's interesting to see a Nolan film without Hans Zimmer, right? So I think that he filled in and did 
an awesome job. I don't know if there's some of the moments in the soundtrack that are quite as replayable as Hans Zimmer's work in other Nolan films. Yeah. But he definitely created an, you know, uh, an aesthetic that is really nice. Hey, man, he could be a great dubstep producer. (laughs) Totally. It's like during the car scene chase, it's all... It's so crazy. Yeah. Picture Ludwig on stage with, like, headphones. He's all, let's go. (laughs) Come on, Los Angeles. (laughs) You know, I love you, Ludwig. But, yeah, I mean... Have you seen Ludwig Gordonson? No, I've never seen him. He's, like, a... He's a pretty skinny guy, but he's got super long hair. Like... Well, see, that's what I'm saying. Definitely past his shoulders. Uh, And I was watching a video of him coming up with, because he does the music for The Mandalorian. And it's just like him sitting in this studio. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's just him sitting there in the studio. And he's like, yeah, I kind of just like utilized this wooden flute (laughs) here. And uh, then I kind of paired it with this guitar here. And he's got like all these odd instruments. And you'd kind of just see him. I kind of just grabbed these bongo drums over (laughs) here. and (laughs) He just seems like he's a super soft-spoken, nice guy that just looks like he's messing around with a ton a different instrument well, of course mr studio. nolan yeah yeah i'll do whatever yeah. <laughs> not quite great. kermit the frog ish <laughs> oh yeah uh, <laughs> well i took these bongo drums in uh, <laughs> yeah uh, but no i think that he so tenant huh he, he adds a really nice <laughs> element to this movie that i think is fantastic i think he killed it you know and i actually uh it's, that's my mistake but i didn't even look it up and i just thought it was han zimmer so oh really you know, you know yeah, last night, like, I was kind of like, gosh, Hans Zimmer's killing it in this film. Now knowing that, I kind of feel <laughs> dumb, but at the same time, you give props <laughs> I, to I Ludwig for... Foolish. <laughs> I feel quite foolish about it. <laughs> I don't really... Kind of vulnerable right now. I don't really want to do much, but... <laughs> um, yeah, but knowing that now, that's big props to to Ludwig. Well, so the story behind... The story behind that, <laughs> though, is that... Um, um, What's what's the guy that's making the new Dune? What Denny Villeneuve? Uh, he yeah, Villeneuve. recruited Hans Zimmer to do the music for Dune, which oh, didn't allow okay, Hans Denny. Zimmer to be available for Christopher Nolan for this. So, boom. okay, Danny, thanks a lot. But Even I mean, I'm really excited for Dune. I know yeah. exactly. And now knowing that uh, Ludwig is great in this, then I'm like, sweet, sounds good. I'm sure that Hans Zimmer is going to kill Dune. So that's use awesome. either or. Yeah, it's exactly. Gonna be great. Exactly. But we should dive into some of the plot of this movie, and we can talk about some of the key players along the way. But you want to just say, you know, spoilers after this point, we're just going to probably be mentioning yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah, mentioning things that are going on throughout the movie. So probably just stop listening now if you haven't seen Tenet, because, man, there are some things that you can spoil. So um, the beginning of the movie, though, uh, just to mention some of my favorite parts, when... Uh, John David Washington or the protagonist just takes off running when they're about to run into that opera house. That is one of the, the, throughout the entire movie, I think that Nolan really makes the protagonist seem like the coolest protagonist, right? Like this guy is so equipped to deal with every situation. Like he's serious. Yeah. He's incredible. They, they immediately die because I, really had no idea where this film was going. And so like from the jump, I was kind of expecting some weird backwards stuff to start happening. And so I didn't know whether he was, this was like a flash forward because I kind of, I saw in the trailer, he gets hit by the train and stuff and um, then becomes somebody. But yeah, this was just like his, his glory day as a what CIA operative. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Insane. And yeah. He, yeah, it's insane, man. This movie starts so great. It's like, 
Yeah, I love it. And I love I love the opening where it's the orchestra tuning. Totally, totally. That's so Nolan too. You know, like that, that starts is. out and that just seems like such a classic Christopher Nolan showing, you know, some awesome classic opera house. Nolan. Classic Nolan, dude. Uh, but <laughs> opera house in Ukraine. <laughs> People getting some gas thrown to them that People makes them fall asleep. Gassed, guys in masks. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It is. It's so good, though. Like in that oh, in that entire opening, I thought was super effective. Uh, you, of course, have the guy that, you know, you have a moment where there's a bullet that's caught in the wood and it kills that guy that's about to kill the protagonist. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. Is like I definitely noticed that, of course. But at that yep. point, you're like, OK, there's some sort of backward in time element going on here. Thing going but on. And I'm pretty it, sure one of those guys has something to do with it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I really think that they did a great job of keeping, you know, what this movie actually is about uh, hushed up and didn't necessarily yeah. give it away in the trailer because the extent at which time is traveling backward for objects or characters is really played down in the trailer because it's a huge element. Of it's the a movie. huge chunk of the film. Yeah. yeah. And so, and but I like, I'm kind of on the fence about this because... I love the movie all the way through the first time I watched it, and I would imagine I'm going to love it uh, in the future, but the last like hour or hour and a half of this film is just so much better than the beginning it's, of the It's film. the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the movie. Yeah, I completely agree. But the first... But yeah, I think I'll... Go ahead. Well, I'll give, I'll give the whole thing, you know, a watch, probably every time um, I watch this movie, but I could turn on that last hour anytime. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the first, you know, the first bit of it would function so well as just like a natural spy movie, you know, yeah. because Christopher yeah. Nolan's talked about how he wants to do a James Bond style movie. And like you kind of see Inception and this really operate within that realm. And so it's super entertaining watching him do the, you know, the intro I thought was super well executed and the scene where he shoots or, or tries to grab that uh you know cyanide capsule i'm assuming that ends up being see a that's fake. the thing with the cyanide i loved the introduction of the cyanide i was like man that's crazy yeah you know and i actually just watched a little movie about alex no not what's the guy's name about jonestown oh jonestown right. the thing down yeah and the, mm-hmm. all the people that drink the kool-aid and all that stuff and it has mm-hmm. cyanide in it and that's neither here nor there <laughs> um but <laughs> Uh, it was funny because I just watched that and then there was cyanide in this and I was like, I haven't heard about any cyanide for a long time. And now that's twice in a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Coinkadink. Don't you think? Coinkadink. <laughs> Coinkadink, don't you think? <laughs> um, See but- you later, alligator. <laughs> But but I do think that that's like that's a super effective tool at the beginning of the movie because he's just like it is. oh yeah here I'll just give you this protagonist and he is absolutely willing to die to keep whatever to for secrets he knows <laughs> you know? and also some evil Russian guys that are like I'm going to carve out your teeth which you is know? the bad guy from freaking yeah. in uh, what's the uh, Limitless you know the Bradley Cooper one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe that guy just, he works well in that role because he is kind of skeezy. But something about him rubs me the wrong way. But I guess that Something about Limitless do- kind of, I don't know. Oh, Limitless yeah. is a movie that starts out so great and it doesn't stiff the landing. Does it doesn't not stick finish the landing, well. You know? 
Yeah. yeah. But it, I still like that movie. It had its limits, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it did. It was exactly. limited. <laughs> it was yeah. proven to be very limited. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think that the entire beginning of this film is pretty fun. I, mean, I like him. I like him climbing up the ladder. And when he's on the ship, he climbs up the ladder. He does like the pull ups, and he climbs down, does push ups. Yeah, like man, this guy's this guy's jacked. That's totally, sweet. everything at the beginning of this film Good for him. That's the thing is that I think that the main they're they're trying to lead the protagonist into the inverse world, right? But along the yep. way, Nolan is just convincing you that him, and then once Neil gets introduced, that these guys are so good, they are fully. They're the best of the best. Yeah, they are absolutely the best spies in the world. <laughs> you know, they're they're up there with the top whatever percentage of guys. And so you're when it comes down to the end and you see them, you know, engaging in the type of warfare that they are, you know that they're the sort of people that would be able to handle that, you know. But Yeah, holy yeah, cow. absolutely. It's pretty wild. So Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is uh it gets real wild and and the the one thing that I thought is that it moves it moves really quickly, like really quickly, and it ended up kind of benefiting because, um, not to jump forward, but like all of a sudden the protagonist is kind of experienced in doing like the inversion thing, mm-hmm. and so you're like, okay, he just found that out. Now he's already kind of doing it, and you're like, and now he's leading some sort of mission where somebody else doesn't know about it, and he's trying to teach it, and you're like. Huh. But then you find out that Neil was, you know, is, st- you know, steps above him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it kind of makes sense. But yeah, mm-hmm. at the beginning, I was pretty confused because I was like, I don't think he should be, you know, he's he's still doing the paper clips, <laughs> you know, like he uh, he can't really do much there. But yeah, totally. Well, working out. No, I think that the entire plot is, you know, pretty confusing throughout a lot of the film, just because I guess that they're keeping so much you know, they're holding so many cards back from you. So it really takes a while to understand. And truly, not until the end of the movie do I think you have a better understanding of what everybody was trying to accomplish, right? Yeah, yeah. Because... Yeah, like the art piece and stuff, you know? And he goes and meets, uh, what's her name, Kat? Um, He goes and meets her. Yeah, yeah. And doing, like, the whole art piece scene, I I was kind of just like, Okay, and then they're talking about like the dealer, and then you know my husband and all this stuff, and I was like, "What is going on? Where is this?" I'm I'm confused. <laughs> right, right. Well, and most of that though, like most of that is honestly like a ruse by Neil to get John David Washington to engage in these steps to you yeah. know get him in with the um. Uh, with the with Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh's character, right? And what's his name? Uh, I I honestly was Got just trying to find that up. guy's name real quick. Was it when Harry Sator stepped into? Yeah, right. Sator, yeah, Sator, Sator. Well, he shows up. It's like I can't even find it on IMDb. Either way, yeah, Sator. So, and I think that that's how they pronounce it, Sator. But. Yeah, like it takes you a while to even understand what their role is because you don't understand what the like what the overarching conflict is, right? And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know when you want to get into like just like the broad strokes of this movie because I could even just yeah, I know I'm down. I think the entire intent is right now, in my understanding of it. You go ahead, man, because 
I think, you know, for the people that have watched this film and that are listening, like, you kind of know what happens in the beginning, and you learn about Kat and her son, and then the husband, Sator, and uh, there's another guy, Andro, or something like that, Andro something. Aleppo um, or something? There's another Aleppo. art dealer that was hanging out with Kat, yeah. but, like, all of that... It moves pretty quick, and then it gets to him going to Mumbai, and and him and Neil, he meets Neil, and after that, it kind of, he meets Michael Caine, um oh yeah real quick let's starts. talk about that michael kane scene real quick what did you think of that yeah what do you think of michael kane's involvement well i i thought he was good and it was good to see michael kane kind of play just like the standard like british operative you know hello i'm you know michael kane yeah, well yeah. and um, i also really like because i think that they really played on that idea of you know british wealth of being like generational very old wealth not gonna be able to impress by getting a suit into brooks brothers yeah exactly michael kane and then that guy you know the whoever was in charge of the restaurant he's like we box that up for me he's like certainly not like no (laughs) certainly not this isn't the type of place that you box food up and leave with it uh but you know there's a couple moments where i think that john david washington comes through really well i really enjoy him in that scene he kills it he and carries the film he i carries it i definitely enjoyed michael kane uh it's always good to see him uh you didn't necessarily need he's him, in everything so you kind of just expect him to be in the nolan yeah movie. i'm so always think, happy to see I think him that's make the only that time, cameo i think that there might be people out there that are kind of just like sick of it you know kind of like okay here's michael kane again um yeah how many nolan times movie, are we gonna have him I'm, in the movie yeah i'm not tired of it no, um, no, me neither. I'll never be tired of Michael Caine. He's a great actor. Never since you know, you know ever since Jaws three, The Revenge. I'm just a huge fan. <laughs> I might have missed that, <laughs> but uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. I think there's something similar where people are like, <laughs> I'm all people are trapped underwater and getting chased by sharks. It's obviously, there might the be plot. one other. Might <laughs> <laughs> be another say movie it's similar like that. To Deep Blue Sea in that 20. respect, but that's obviously the plot of any shark movie. So there you go. Um, but I, no, I, I enjoy that scene. Uh, also the introduction to the inverted objects, I think is really cool with, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Fleur Delacour. And I and really enjoy you know them what? opening I was that told, up. Sorry. This is a total, sorry. Uh, this is way off topic, That's but great. I was told last night and I would have to revisit, but, um, that it's really annoying that in Goblet of Fire, Floor plays like. You know, of, of, you know, she's French, and so she can barely speak English, and she's just like, yes, 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 or whatever. Dang it, I was doing British again. But in <laughs> um, Deathly Hollows, she just has a British accent. So she's like French in Goblet of Fire, and then in Deathly Hollows, she doesn't have a French accent, accent what, whatsoever. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. that is, I don't think anybody would really notice. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. I bet that they're, I bet that was totally just whoever, I mean, what was that, Mike Newell? No, not Mike Newell. Uh, I can't. I can't remember who directed that movie. I don't know. But we either way, he's like, just go ahead and you know, hours be, talk, <laughs> talk <about> yeah. <laughs> He's like, just be comfortable uh, doing what you're doing. You know, you don't need to. Yeah. Need to continue need to the French thing. accent. But then for like hardcore Harry Potter fans, like my wife, she's like, hey. <laughs> not cool man it's a glaring inconsistency though for sure yeah. like yeah. totally you know and it's very and you know it's the uh dumbledore uh calmly asked if harry put his name in the goblet of fire right drives us all nuts <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. drives me nuts yeah but what was i gonna 
I also want to mention uh, just a couple of scenes. Catch you later. Sorry, Be- before, nuts. I was doing. Because I think we could probably get into, you know, some more of the middle part of the film, So, but I don't want to completely, you know, skim well, the you beginning. Go, uh, so you before, were kind of saying before, that you were going to lay it yeah, out. Before I explain what the overall plot of the film is, I just want to note on a couple of those moments that John David Washington just seems like an awesome protagonist. Uh, when Kat... Uh, talks to him in the cafe or in that restaurant. And then he gets taken into the kitchen by the henchman of Kenneth Branagh's, uh, Sator's, And he just beats the crap out oh, of I him. Love that, that scene is so and he walks awesome. out in the three piece suit, kind of like flexes it. Just like, what's up? Yeah. I mean, I'm the guy in that scene. That was the moment we were like, Oh, okay. This guy is always a step ahead in the game. You know, yeah. he is very... Did you see the guy get, like, the meat hammer in the back? He's kind of, like, hitting it. <laughs> it's like, like, it's like getting that, ready. He has some, like, 90s action movie line that he, like, says right before he starts, too. He's like, I asked for my hot sauce an hour ago or something like that. Oh, and yeah, then he yeah, just yeah. starts good. beating him up, and you're like, sweet, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He says that, too, when he goes to meet Kenneth Branagh. He says something like, hey, man, where I come from, you got to take me out at least first or something like that exactly no he has he has a ton of moments like that and that's where I think that he really excels and I'm really glad that uh, Christopher Nolan kind of leans into that and I was reflecting back on maybe Inception for sure where the dialogue is always pretty basic and generic in some respects, but I think that it's very much of like a blockbuster caliber conversation that you have going on where it's like, Hey, the biggest point of this movie is that we get to understand the plot and the mechanics of the world that he's trying to build. Definitely. And so tons of this is going to be exposition, but he's given us characters with some witty lines and fun stuff overall that I really enjoy. And you know, this movie's a little scant on character development, but what you get is good. And I think at the end of the day, I truly enjoyed these characters and I got really excited with where they went. So, um, yeah, me too. And I do. And I was happy that the Michael Caine scene was just the one. Mm, Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Totally. That he was just like, that was so nice. It was such a fresh Nolan film of like fresh faces. I mean, we've seen, Robert Pattinson everywhere, but like the woman, I, I can't, I don't know her name. The woman who plays Priya? Kat. Oh, uh, yeah, Priya. Oh yeah. Elizabeth Debicki. Yes. Elizabeth yeah. Debicki plays um, Kat and Priya is the other woman that he, she's we'll in, about uh, in a sec, but, uh, she yeah. was in, she was in um, widows and she was really good. Elizabeth I think she was Debicki. in, um, uh, yeah. Um, sorry. My wife told me this last night. She was in the great Gatsby too. Um, oh yeah is it Myrtle is that the name of that character I think something like a tennis player or something yeah I can't remember the great Gatsby that well Uh, it's been a while since I watched it but um, neither (laughs) I don't yeah yeah but she's great I really enjoy her in this film I think that she does a lot of fresh faces and they kill it yeah did such a great job what do you think about Kenneth Branagh though well come on give me Branagh did you not like him no I love him I think that this yeah. is. I think that this could have gone poorly. You know, I mean, he Given is the doing wrong casting. like a Russian accent that you're like, all right, sounds pretty good. I hope that sounds good sounds to good. Russians too. But uh, I yeah. buy it. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're like, he's like. Yes, I must get the protagonist. And they're like, no, it's like, you must get the protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, Sorry, like, that was super sounds bad. pretty close. <laughs> sounds pretty close to me. I don't know. Yeah. Sounds the same. <laughs> but it would be like the difference between somebody, you know, you know, hearing like a New York or a Boston accent, right? If you were from the East Coast, then... New York. 
Boston. New York khakis. New York. I don't know. Boston. Khakis. But I thought that he get a good, I thought he built yeah. a pretty sweet character. I, I like the bad guy in this. I think he does a great job. Uh he I, and he's pretty ruthless yeah. and cruel and see awful. that's the best part about it, man. Some of the stuff he says, I won't repeat, but like, you know, I'll take you to the train yard and Yeah. You know, he's whatever. Yeah, I mean it's pretty your, your he, he really threatens John David Washington in that scene. It's pretty good. Pretty sweet. No, it's really good. Yeah. Everything he does is really good. And then like the way that he treats Kat is just like it's intense. Like, yeah, he's it's awful. It's awful. He's a very violent, bad human being. And I guess, you know, it's just, I guess some of that, that's where the movie might not be as fantastic in some respects is that relationship maybe between him and her. It's like, man, you're, you know, throwing a lot of this in my face and I don't have a ton of context behind it. So, um, if, if there were to be a, you know, three hour version of this movie, uh, maybe diving into them a little bit more, but then isn't it already three hours? It's like two and a half. Yeah. Um, okay. so yeah. if there were, you know, if it were a half hour longer, but ma- mainly I would love to see more Neil and John David felt Washington. like four. I would honestly, <laughs> I, <laughs> I could sacrifice like one of the early action scenes for like a five minute scene of John David Washington and, uh, Robert Pattinson just talking and, I know getting more to dialogue know them a little them, bit more please. because those guys were yeah. great. And I think that, I think that the movie's fine. Well, he but didn't I get to know him, could but done, maybe he will. But exactly. And that is the point of the movie, right? Is that he's going to get to know him. And that's the yeah. best part. Yeah. That's the best part. Like the twist in this movie, again, if you haven't seen it, spoilers, right? Uh, but the twist in the movie is that we're pretty good buddies, dude. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's like yeah. the main we're pretty twist good buddies, is like, man. Hey man, we're pretty good pals later on. So we're pretty good pals. It'll be good. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I had a really good time getting to know you. I'm going to go die for you right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such a bummer. Oh, don't, don't, uh, don't put too much pepper on it. <laughs> Sorry. That was an inside joke. We do later. You'll get it. <laughs> I hope get. so. <laughs> it's quite the thing to go so. out on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get mustard on your shirt. Oh man, no, I have it. a couple. Gosh, we have. I have theories too that I want to talk about here. So yeah, let's uh, <laughs> probably uh, get to some of that ending stuff because there's some interesting things to talk about. So the yeah, old, you were talking about like the main plot line. Yeah, yeah, yeah go through that stuff. So that Priya character that uh, John David Washington meets, right? Like the wife of that arms dealer that they initially threaten. Um, she discusses, I think this is after the car chase sequence that there is Uh somebody, I don't know how many centuries in the future, but some woman who is like, uh, you know, Oppenheimer equivalent, like she developed like the nuclear bomb of the future, which is time inversion. And so the algorithm for time inversion, uh, is not all together. She separated into nine separate components. Yeah. And so, and then she sent it back in time. She inverted those algorithms in whatever the, you know, heck those little objects are that they have at the end of the movie and sent those back mm-hmm. in time. And now Sator, Kenneth Branagh's character has been gathering those post collecting those. Yeah. And so now he, once he gets that, you know, plutonium 241, whatever, you know. How is come the, it's always plutonium? I, it always is. Well, because plutonium is, you know, pretty This much, is actually, this one, it actually makes sense, but I feel like it's always plutonium. It's like the radioactive element that, uh, you know, yeah. plays into this stuff. I do not know nearly Let's, enough about uh, it. What should we have them try to be getting? 
Plutonium. Plutonium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the plutonium. <laughs> Stewie says it in one episode of Family Guy. Cracks me up. Family Guy Christmas. Yeah. Uh, but essentially what his character, Sador, is trying to do is to gather all of those elements so he can have the algorithm for time inversion uh, and reverse the flow of time uh, for the people of the future. And uh, what the entire movie basically is, is John David Washington enacting uh, a temporal pincer movement like on himself that like includes himself uh, that will eventually culminate in the third act of this movie where they stop Sator from ending the world, which Sator was trying to utilize that technology to end the world. And so Neil's character knows that they're going to be successful. And John David Washington's character knows that they're going to be successful. And so this entire movie is pretty much like Neil watching the person that started all of this go through the motions to make it happen. So it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty nuts. I mean, but there's a lot else going on, right? I just love finding out that it's actually time travel stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. you just kind of, I thought I was just thinking this was more of like an inverted time, like type movie, you know, like you, things can actually move backwards and that's the crazy part. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. And you can catch bullets and shoot bullets. But yeah, when it got to the time travel stuff, I was like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, like, nobody (laughs) actually, like, time travels is the thing. You know what I mean? Is that, like, people just start going backward in time. And that's why, you know, you don't actually meet anybody from the future. Because you would have to live that long to get back to that point. You know? Yeah. So, like, (laughs) you know, Neil's character, that's... Because people think that maybe he's, like, Kat's son. um, And he just grew up. And then he started moving backward to this point because it was essential that he's part of it. Oh boy, that's a whole yeah. theory in itself. But that's crazy. Yeah, but I I don't know. That's that's where like I love this movie because it's just it's so creative. It's such a freaking puzzle box of just information. So yeah, I don't know. The time inversion in itself is just the coolest concept and. What's the first time that we really see it, right? So they go um, and they need to get into... The airplane hangar. Yeah. So they want to get into one of those free port, uh, you know, banks or whatever that holds the art. And yeah. so they go in there yeah. and they find his little time inverter or whatever the technology is. Yeah. And that's when you yeah. have the whole fight scene touch my inverter. against both <laughs> yeah. John David Washingtons, which is unreal. That scene. See, you said that you kind of thought that. I had no idea. There was a couple twists in this movie, like her jumping off the boat and and that 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 completely caught me off guard because mm-hmm. I was just more enthralled that like, gosh, dude, they're fighting these guys like backwards. And I honestly thought that Robert Pattinson killed you know that guy until I kind of thought about it and I was like, he only like just kind of like ripped off his mask or something. You didn't see him die. Um, and so that reveal when they end up going back, because the first initial part is so good, man. Like the whole crashing the plane into it, holding their breath oh, uh, from man. the gas. When he breaks the, like, uh, the thing in the lock. Yeah, the pick. Oh. Skyrim. Yeah, exactly. We I all know totally what that's like. Shing. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I, I love that whole first scene. But then the revelation later in the movie it was John David Washington fighting himself. As soon as he put on the gear and he was going in, I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. 
no way. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, Christopher Nolan, you crazy dog. I know, man. And that's such a cool part of like that, at least that middle chunk of the movie, is that you see these two cool like fight sequences slash set pieces. Yeah. And then the movie's like, by the way, we're just gonna go back through those, except for the from the other perspective. It's incredible. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's incredible. And it's, yeah. Oh, I just, I can't get enough of it. In that first scene, like, so John David Washington, right? He goes in and then he comes back out. And that's when Neil sees him and finds out that it was John David Washington, right? Yep. And so he understands what's going on. And everything's on. going to plan. But yeah. you see him, you know, it's just like, it, I trying to wrap my mind around what is actually transpiring between the two protagonists as they fight each other. It's like, oh, it turns you, it turns your brain into scrambled eggs. <laughs> you know? It it, does. It's just like, I was, yeah, it makes you an omelet. I just like paused it and just sat there and had to think about it. Like after the second fight sequence, right? Because it's incredible. It's like in both of their time frames, they're both moving forward. Kind of like the other one's fighting the other one backwards, like either way. Right. So it's like, in the first scene, it seems more like the protagonist is actually fighting, but he's kind of doing things like backing up and he's like guessing movement. But in the second one, it seems even more like he's guessing and knowing the movements of himself mm-hmm. because he realizes that he's fighting himself. But um, well, and, yeah, very confusing stuff, but very crazy stuff. Well, and also at the beginning, you know, you see the the john david washington that is going backward right the second iteration is successful in the battle because he pops out and you know you have the gun shooting going off right yeah and and he's owning the the uh battle but then the real john david washington the first starts being more successful toward the end of the battle and in the second version of it you see the one that's going backwards start to get the hang of it and that's when he like gets yeah. away at the end, right? But it's just I don't know. It's I could I could watch those scenes back to back again and again just to uncover more about back it. To back to back to back to back to back to back <laughs> yeah. to back. And like it's just in the loop that it is. It's unbelievable. So I I don't know. And then they do the same thing in the freeway chase, which is yeah yeah probably a better yeah. freeway chase than I mean freaking Matrix Reloaded. I don't. Is there a better freeway chase than this scene in this well, movie? Because that one is so CGI. Like, yeah, totally, you know, totally. And this exactly doesn't it. It's like, you know, like this is all practical stuff. Like that's literally just a car driving backwards Mm -hmm. behind them when when, you know, it first starts and the huge trucks that are boxing that car in and all that stuff. I mean, it's just insane. Like every little aesthetic thing, like when he gets out, he gets on the fire truck. He's standing on the fire truck. The music's going crazy. He opens the latch, goes down into the fire truck, opens the door, grabs the thing, comes back out. The police are like, it's just. It's so intense, man. Like, you just can't, your eyes can't help but be on the screen. As soon as it got to that scene, I was like, okay, I feel like this is going to be something. This is going to be something cool. And it was, it was. But then that leads to all the Kenneth Branagh stuff, you know, like, then that leads to the whole kind of ending and setup and all that, which was great. Yeah. But I still don't, I don't, I still don't fully understand kind of like, I'm definitely going to have to watch it again. I still don't fully understand, especially like the Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh stuff like it at some points it almost feels like there's like three of them you know mm. but I feel like it's just two but you're like 
Oh, dude. So, so yeah, it's, and I can I can guide us along a little bit more in the third act yeah. for sure. Um, but I did want to say, and we can start kind of going into the Kenneth Branagh stuff because it happens during that freeway. I'm chase. in. I'm in. Yeah. Um, but I did just want to note that, like, I think that that is the moment where the movie really shifts, right? Like the first hour or so is super fun, super awesome. I'm having a good time. And then that fight scene happens with the protagonists and you're like, whoa, this movie's getting pretty gnarly, right? But on the yeah, freeway, yeah. when you see freaking Sator driving backward right alongside them and he's like counting down with from his on. perspective with math with a mask on and he's got a cat held hostage I was <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I was I was losing my mind like I could not believe what I was witnessing I and was too and the oh! movie just it shifts into a whole new gear you're just like oh this is sick. where are we going <laughs> It's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Because it's oh true. My gosh. Like he's yeah, just it really is. driving backward. And then Robert Pattinson seems like he's so able to handle the, the freeway And the chase music itself. too, man. The music's like Ooh. this weird backwards thing. It's like whip, 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 whip. I, I don't know it. I'm just guessing. I'm throwing it out there. But whip, whip, you know, like totally. it's weird. Within but that, it's cool. Yeah, no. It's it, hip. It sounds like The Matrix Reloaded a little bit. and It kind of does. I really think that this movie is more analogous to The Matrix than it is to other Christopher Nolan films. I, I mean, it really feels like a, a big moment, for, for me at least, as far as cinematic achievement. I really think this is a fantastic yeah, movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I really enjoy that, that freeway chase. But after that, and you get to go through it kind of the second time, uh, it's really interesting watching it from Sator's perspective and the moment when they're having that conversation between the wall and it's being translated, but it's, you know, they're both going in different freaking flows of time. It's, uh, I know, I know. It's and he, so yeah, hard to and he think has a gun, he shoots her. And then I was kind of thinking like, does he, did he shoot her like four times or something like that? That's kind of where my mind went. I was like, is he just like going out and coming back in and shooting her again? but she's just receiving the same wound and he's like wounding her more. That's what I thought like during it, but I know that's not what happened, but, but that's, that's where this movie makes you do. Right. Cause you're like, uh, what's happening? Like she just got shot again, but was she already shot? Like what? Right. <laughs> right. Well, so, but that's like, that's, yeah, that is so confusing. It really, it really is. It's it's very difficult to understand. But that's that's him coming back out the other side. So he only did that the one time, right? Like he just mm -hmm. he just was going backward in time, and so they just caught up with him on his way out of the machine. But he had entered it earlier, and it's oh. But that at that point he inverts himself. And then he just starts going back in time and he goes all the way until the um, moment where he's on the boat. He just like simply inverts himself. So he gets to that point and that's where we meet him at the end of the movie. Um, so from that point forward, he inverts himself and then uh, the rest of the crew inverts themselves as well. And yeah, and, they, and yep. that's everybody's moving backward in time at that point. Right. So after yep. that freeway yep. chase, Everybody starts going in reverse, but I love the aesthetic. I, I love the aesthetic of going into the inverse reality. The oxygen masks, uh, the weird way that it feels when he first walks out into it. 
Um, it's so weird, and he does such a good job, like, even with, like, the puddle that, like, is about to get stepped in, but that, did, you know, like, everything. And then driving, it's mm-hmm. just, like, how do you even operate a car? And he kind of half figures it out, but he doesn't quite, you know, like, yeah. he, he does pretty well, but... I um, the- Oh, one thing I did want to say earlier in the car scene, um, I didn't believe that he could stop the whole car with his fingertips. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I definitely thought that was a bit of a stretch. The only for thing, me, a small sure. thing. For sure. I was like, no, I don't think so. I also, I so, Nolan. I'm also completely just willing to accept that you can drive a car uh, moving backward in time, but it's tough. You know, that's like that's, pretty wild. But it seems really tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that they're like. That seems like a pretty tough, uh, tough team too, coach. It's like, yeah, I, it I'd like be pretty... curious to see, you know, like somebody that's like a physicist or something look into these things, whether it's actually possible for this He's to all, no. <laughs> not a chance. No, not a chance. <laughs> but I do love the, 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 you know, running through backward where. So did John David Washington see himself in that freeway chase? And that's why he felt so confident that he was going to go back inverted and do that whole thing because he had seen I himself. Don't th- I don't think he did see himself. He makes eye contact though. They do. They totally make eye contact the second way around. So I kind of think that he knew what was coming. But we just didn't see that the first time around. We didn't see it the first time around, no. Or they might have even yeah. shown it, but I don't remember. Um, I noticed, yeah, you wouldn't have even noticed, I noticed it, it, it the second time for sure. And so that that makes me kind of believe that he knew that he was supposed to do that, which is also super interesting because he's so new to all of this, yet he is like holding things back from others. Like he's not telling everybody else what he knows and he's just kind of moving through this to the best of his ability, which is probably why he becomes somebody that leads this whole thing. But yeah, that's why. Yeah, he learns through it, but he learns through like the toughest situation that you possibly could. And he just becomes the best. It's kind of like Neo. You know, it's very exactly it's like the yeah. hero's story. It's like the hero's journey. You know, exactly. Like, man. he's the one. And he's <laughs> such a good. That's when he steps so out of saying he's, he's beginning to believe, you know, he's beginning to believe. And then he just bungee jumps onto a building. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I, I love that. I love that about this film. And I just think that him as an actor. I know we already kind of talked about it, but I just can't give him enough praise for for this performance. I think he did a really, really solid job, and I want to say I want to see him in more. You know, I really do. He was in. What else he been in? Was that one with Adam Driver, the Klansman? Is that what that was called, the Black Klansman? Oh uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. The Spike, Spike, Adam uh, Driver, Spike Lee movie. He was the main in that, right? Yeah, yeah, he was great. That wrong? Uh, okay. Uh, Star. I love that movie. Like uh, Walter Star Worst, or I can't remember. Walter Stalworth. I wish I knew it. Wish I knew it. Starworth, maybe. Lightsaber. <laughs> Akbar. Anybody watch the new episode of Mandalorian? It's pretty sweet. Hey. <laughs> uh, cool it. <laughs> cool it. Cool it with the Mandalorian stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I. I'm trying to think if there's anything I should mention during that highway chase, but it's just pretty cool that. Because also, it's just awesome. You should go out and watch it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, go watch it. It's awesome. It's fantastic. <laughs> but you can also see in that moment where, you know, in our version, he wrecks, right? But in then the other version, he's more concerned with saving Elizabeth Debicki in that state, which then allows Kenneth Branagh yeah. to find him and set him on fire. And then he gets frozen because the combustion Because it's reverses. backwards fire, David. 
that's where I'm like, oh, it's easy to understand. That's the, backwards fire. Because I think that this movie actually really works very well as a time travel movie that has like almost no inconsistencies that are super obvious. Um, but yeah, I, that one I was kind of tough to. I didn't. I don't know. I don't know if I believe in that. <laughs> it's backwards fire. Everybody knows it. Yeah. It's basic principle of law. But it's like if it's backwards fire, then like why would cars be starting? <laughs> you know. Well. You know, David, sometimes that's, that's the only thing. And I, and I won't even harp on it because it's just, it's a small thing, but I don't know. Kind of hard for me to throw a tarp on it because it's fire. I don't, (laughs) you're fired. (laughs) He's Uh, really burning up over here. Um, cool off, cool it off. (laughs) Uh, you're fine. (laughs) Um, yeah, but that 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 scene that scene's awesome, and he gets out, and Elizabeth Debicki's shot, and apparently, if you get shot with an inverted bullet, then it's super hard to recover from, and so you have to go into the inverse as well. Which now I don't really understand that so much, but somebody would have to explain that to me. Is it just because like the bullet never stops going in because it's always trying to go out or something like that? I don't. So my I I don't really know. This is kind of just me in my understanding of it as I watched it is that if the inverted object like passes through you and damages you that bad, then it's like going to spread its invertedness and the wound will like spread rather than heal naturally because it's going backward in time. And it's more just kind of a, you know, Uh, it's super confusing, but I, I, that's what I kind of gained from it. It's kind of like backwards fire. Exactly. It's it's exactly. It's like backwards fire. You know. It's just. <laughs> it's easily explained through that process <laughs> that something's reversing <laughs> laws. You know, natural laws of the universe are something's being thwarted. Something's happening. And it's, it's expanding. <laughs> yeah. Ow! It's hurting. But it made <laughs> yeah, it made sense it. that that's why they inverted themselves. So then they do invert yeah. themselves. Yeah. And and I love the shots of the ship going backwards, like those massive shots that are just huge and there's the boat going backwards. Oh yeah, how about uh how about Cat Branna and uh and uh um uh the protagonist on that that boat that flies? Oh yeah, so that, that happens thing? before that because we kind of did yeah, skip over all of that, before. but none of that is terribly important. It's no, uh, no, it's not that. I mean, important. it's all important to the plot and how things go, but uh, you know, in the context of the conversation, it's really not. Um, but that's what it is. That piece of technology was weird. Yeah, that was. It was super cool, and that's again just another Nolan thing where he's just like, "Hey, we should use those sick things that <laughs> I don't even know what those are called. And they can just fly. Yeah, it was pretty hover. incredible. They're like hover water hovercrafts. Yeah, exactly." Like a, you know, not a parasail, but something similar to that. Like a pontoon or something. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, But she tries to kill him at that point, too, which is pretty wild. And John David Washington does save his life. which Saves him. Which was kind of, again, you know, I was like, all right, pretty convenient. <laughs> you know, yeah, he saves him. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, those. So, and those are probably the the. But I wanted the rope cut. I knew it was going to be cut. <laughs> yeah, it's like those are the things in the movie that are kind of like, all right, whatever, pretty cool. You know, you're, keep going. You're just getting keep going. You're trying to because I think that this movie is so expertly crafted at the end um, that some of the stuff in the middle, you're just like, whatever, cool, all right, keep going with it. Uh, yeah. 
But that's the point when they go back inverted in time and he ends up talking to that Priya lady. And that's when she tells him about the future scientists that like developed this whole technology anyway. And so she's like, go meet up with this whole squad that I've got going. And they are going to attack this moment that is like 10 months ago from where they were at. Yeah. And essentially what his plan is, is that he's going to take all of that technology uh, that has been buried and sent back from the future. Uh, and he takes that technology and he's going to bury it under this city in Russia. And then he's going to blow it up, which will further bury it. And that inverted material will be reverted oh forward. And it will oh, be yep. accepted by the future people who will then try to reverse time with it, which would kill all of us that existed previously. I see. Yeah. And so that's his plan. Uh, and he's going to kill himself while doing so. And so those guys, I feel like you're still, you've been standing in a hallway this time in a janitor's <laughs> outfit, drawing a huge equation. Oh on my board. gosh. I know man. somebody's going to come find you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, Hey, somebody's got it. Hey, who are you? Get away from that. <laughs> Get away from that. Somebody's got to. Somebody's got to do the, <laughs> sorry, sir. Just talking about time inversion. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to research into this stuff and, <laughs> and get it understood hey, I, because it is, you know, I think we both, it's the, it's the, uh, the silent agreement that we have that we know that I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to read into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm like, just going to watch the movie and, but exactly you know, like do my thing. I was, I, I, I'm, I was in the position of not knowing what the hell happened at the end of this movie when I finished it yeah. the first time, because it just gets, so confusing you know and so understanding i guess the broad context of the you know yeah yeah you have to try at least yeah uh but anyway so then that's his plan right and they're just going to utilize this new which i one of my favorite made up nolan words ever a temporal pincer movement (laughs) where a temporal pincer movement yeah and you have one crew that uh ends up moving backward in time, right? And then you have one, one crew that, that lives, you know, that so they're going, oh my gosh, it's like I don't want the whole thing to be me so just tough. explaining it. So So one of them, so there's so there was one of them going so they were going backwards. Yeah. And here let's let's do it. Let's get the special guest on here, the comedian from Brooklyn. Hey, uh so uh how's it going? Uh I'm I'm Bob from Brooklyn. And uh, so we're talking about time inversion, but uh, uh, everybody's, you know, all this stuff confused me. They're talking about uh, walking backwards. And I think, uh, hey, I already feel like I've been walking backwards because because uh, I've been working so much. I'm tired, huh? <laughs> all right. Thanks, Bart. Yeah. It uh, sums it up perfectly. <laughs> not that funny. He's not that funny, but. I like we'll Bart. I think again. that I, I would love to see Bart again. <laughs> Bart from Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, I love Bart from Brooklyn. He doesn't we'll have, have a, him explain all the. Crazy he doesn't things. have a solid understanding of uh, <laughs> time inversion, but <laughs> I guess he's been working a lot. Hey, so have we. It's been a tough year, Bart. Anyway. <laughs> I uh, wish I could turn time back and <laughs> not watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just turns into freaking Christopher Walken from Joe Dirt. But then uh, uh, stabbing the face. <laughs> That's Joe Dirt. Um, but right. so okay, so uh, so at the end, also, what do you think of uh, what is it? Aaron Taylor Johnson is that the the guy that plays? Yeah, Aaron, dude, I was so excited. I had no idea he was in this. No, me too. I was so excited. 
I'll love that guy. Well, I, I do like him a lot as an actor. Yeah, I have another guy I want to bring up too. But did you see the? Um, did you see uh, Outlaw King? Uh-uh. It was on Netflix. Is that the one with Chris Pine? Yeah, Chris Pine or Chris Pine. Chris Pine plays Robert the Bruce. Uh, but Aaron Taylor Optimus Prime. Yeah, Optimus yeah. Prime. Uh, but Aaron Taylor Johnson, he's like just a guy in it. But he plays like kind of a wild card fighting dude that is just super. Uh, he he plays a really cool character, and he's a good actor, man. I think that he's this a good is actor. if he can just uh, embrace a supporting role type, you know, field of characters. I think that he could be really successful because he's, he's excellent, awesome yeah. in roles like these. I don't I don't know if I trust him as the lead of a movie. Um, he's fine in Kick Ass, but um, yeah, but he was young. You know, you're kind of seeing him now as like an adult. Yeah, exactly. You know, get him into his thirties and kind of see see where he fits in and i think yeah he's got a he's got a good look for it and he's a great actor i mean what what kind of accent did he have in this was it like i think he was british, british yeah he was british yeah which he's great, a great british is accent. he british all right he may i think he may is be he british he probably i is. think he's american he did a pretty good american accent if he's not in kick-ass yeah exactly exactly uh but i really enjoyed I'm his character ass. but he also explains the end of the movie which is super nice and so it is it what is what you have toward the end of the movie right they're going to this you know try to steal those uh to steal the, the elements that contain Sorry. the algorithm for that future technology uh and so what they do is everybody's moving backward so you have b team which or the blue team right which is just going to continue moving backward and they are they start like or wait are they it's there's like one a one hour difference between them mm-hmm. yeah remember that so there's like a one hour difference exactly yeah the blue team exactly. and the red team are different so they so you know let's just say that they started i mean what time of day was it even it looked like it was probably in the middle of the afternoon maybe <laughs> four o'clock <laughs> uh, four o'clock three o'clock let's just, let's <laughs> just say four there. o'clock uh, let's just by the sun say, well, say four yeah. o'clock whatever russian time is um and uh we just pronounced i don't four i don't know what the time zone is <laughs> in russia um it's chegnoskana sorry Balkan time um <laughs> <laughs> it's Balkan time um but so they start out at four o'clock Russian time and they go back 10 minutes. And so Give or take. that's their window <laughs> is four o'clock to three fifty, right? Allegedly. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so that, that's their window and they're continuing to move backward in time. But then you have yeah. John David Washington and Ives who are in red team and they Ives reverse. is Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, yeah. They reverse, okay. and so they continue to move, or so they start going forward in time. And so yeah. then they are invading at 3.50, and the blue team is invading at 4 o'clock. And so they're moving at the same time, but those people all that are... All counting on, down to the same thing. Exactly. And so they, but also, blue team already traveled back to the beginning and so they've filled in ives on what happens so they understand what is going to unfold during this battle so actually the outcome of this battle isn't really a big surprise or like the outcome of what happens to blue team isn't necessarily a surprise and i would imagine that ives actually knew that neil didn't show back up or no because ives wasn't even aware toward the end Yes. No, I no, he would know. he would have been filled in. He would have been filled in. Either way. There were a couple scenes of Ives where like he when he saw that guy like go into the wall, 
He's like, get away from there, man. But like, maybe he already knew that that was going to happen, that that guy was going to die. I think that was Neil that said that, right? Somebody, one of them. Yeah, one of them. But that guy goes into the wall and you got to wonder what happened to him. No, he just got, I think that he he just like, I think that he gets literally swallowed by the wall, right? Just like smushed into concrete. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, but it's the same thing as uh, Neil from that perspective where he stands up and takes the bullet, right? And from, you know, their perspective, it looks like the bullet's flying out of him, you know, and then he comes darting back. Like, it's just, it's so difficult to wrap your mind around, but when you actually think about it, it all does kind of make sense that they would, you know, that the blue or that the red team has a solid understanding of what happens to blue team and they're able to count down at the same time uh and yeah you util- and do those things concurrently which is just and the yellow team just didn't make it and <laughs> the yellow, yellow team, team just did not uh, there were tryouts in april and, <laughs> you know yeah yellow team didn't get it exactly exactly <laughs> uh but them getting a hold of the uh, algorithm, I would imagine that they didn't know if that was successful or not until the end of the mission, uh, which nobody would know yeah. at the end because those three guys are going to go their separate ways, right? And who knows what happens to Ives? We know what happens to John David Washington, and we definitely know what happens to Robert Pattinson. We definitely know what happens to but, Neil. So that's, but that's yeah. like the the larger structure of that battle, and they end up being successful. But, I mean, dude, that the, the last bit of this movie is some of the greatest... Is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Like we said earlier, it's like the last hour of this film is incredible. And like, meanwhile, having the girl on the boat, um, yeah, having Cat on the boat with Branna, or I keep forgetting the name, Salto? Uh, Sator. Sator? Um, Sator! (laughs) I am Sator of the Planet Galactica! Um, but yeah, okay, uh, nice name. Lothar Uh, of the Hill People. I'm Lothar of the Hill People. Mike Myers. Um, I, I do like all the stuff on the boat and you know where it's going. And I love her story because she's like, I was so envious of that woman because she wasn't trapped. You know, she wasn't locked into this thing. She says that near the beginning. She was like, I'm, I was so envious. And they show the girl die from the boat. And then it's again, one of those things where you're like, Oh, she's the one who dives from the boat. That's sick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I love his storytelling like this and inception and all his other, like, Oh my gosh. When things just come together slowly, 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 and then when you start to realize where it's going, um, it's just, yeah, man, it's it's amazing, as well as, like, the practical effects, all the huge explosions, but then there's also explosions going backwards. Um, it's really, really well done. And I think that I'm happy that there's the other thing we didn't mention, like Kenneth Branagh checking his pulse and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, 130 even my wife hasn't been able to do that yeah um i do like branagh at the end and that he's been such a powerful bad guy because he just knows he's in control and he was just an idiot he screwed up he didn't see it coming yeah you know like couldn't see this coming and i that was awesome because i was half expecting him to be like Ha ha, but you know, honks his little horn, bottom, bottom, you know, yeah, hey, you know, I'm 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 not a I know what you're doing here, but no. He just he screwed up. Screwed up and dies. He did, man. He did. Well, and it's crazy though. But she screwed up, man. She almost I was gonna say that. I was mad because she pulls the trigger early. And it's like you could have just killed the whole world. 
Yeah, I mean, she could have. Yeah, she really could have. She she did it uh, at a point when it was it was safe to do so because they were going to get away with the algorithm anyway. But had she done it too early, could have had catastrophic proportions to it. Yeah. But, I mean, oh, man. And then they dropped Kenneth Branagh's body off the side, like, so unceremoniously, you know? Like a piece of meat. Like a piece. Yeah. Poor poor guy. He's a shark bait. I know. Ooh, uh-uh. I love yeah. him, though. And that last speech that he has, like, it totally makes his character's motivation, you know, good. Pretty clear. Yeah. But it's like yeah. this guy has been, you know, he is being manipulated by the people of the future. And it's like this entire idea of a war between people trying to reverse time and people of the current time is dependent on people from the past willing to sign on to the future people's agenda. And it's like... This Sator guy, it's like, why are you trying to end the world? Why are you, you know? But I, yeah, why? Well, yeah. But he has, I guess yeah, he has I wanna, pancreatic I cancer, and he's going to die anyway. And so he's he's yeah. fine with the future succeeding in reversing time and destroying our world. Um, but I mean, that's it's crazy, you know. And it's it's super tough to even wrap your mind around like what he's actually trying to accomplish. But um, yeah, but it's also pretty incredible. Um, but the thing is, is that like. I love the idea of what Robert Pattinson says. Uh, it's, and this is in that scene when him and John David Washington are talking uh, about why he didn't tell him not to shoot himself when they're having that fight scene. What's happened has happened. What's happened has happened, right? Yeah. And all yeah. of this has happened. And that's what I would honestly be curious what you think, um, and definitely on rewatches too, but like... Yeah. Is this a movie where everything that's happened has just happened because it's like the best representation of time travel since Harry Potter, <laughs> the third one? Like, is this just... Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Is this just like the yeah. longest version of that? And we just got the Christopher Nolan version of that where everything that's happened has happened and you can't actually change anything, right? And so the fact that they yeah. still exist yeah. means that they've succeeded? Or... Yeah, I mean, I or I it think goes to so. that grandfather paradox that they were talking about, right? Which I which I don't like unless it's a Marvel movie with alternate dimensions and they're bringing back Tobey Maguire and it's cool. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I it is one of those things that I would rather it be um, the first one. You know, I would rather it be everything that's happened has happened. You know, it's like uh, as Prisoner of Azkaban, she throws the little rock at Harry and then she decides to do it because she has to do it. Um, I I feel like that's how I would like it to be, and that's kind of how it seems that it is. Um, I don't think there's any sort of like alternate reality splitting off paradox thing that that would happen. But I I don't know. Well, I, I don't think, know. That's a little too confusing. I mean that, but that's also that's going to be the argument at the end of Inception for I imagine a lot of us that watch this movie. Right? It's going to be those people that like you or I, where we think that this thing is reality, right? And that yeah. the the future has already happened. And so it's clear that they weren't successful and that you can't change time because if you're changing time, it would have already happened, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But I think there are a lot of people that would more sign on to the grandfa- grandfather paradox where it's like you grandfather, can destroy yeah. your whatever. And I know grandfather paradox <laughs> using well it, I, it would be great to sign on to the grandfather paradox but when we're talking about inversion i mean it's just so 
<laughs> I know. This is it's such a ridiculous <laughs> it's such a ridiculous movie because you it makes you just well, have the, these when you get the when you bring the plutonium into the equation, it's uh <laughs> <laughs> when you bring up plutonium two forty one or what is it like? Is it, was it two forty one? Two forty one or yeah. Two eighty one, two thirty one, something. Whatever it was. I like there's a couple good lines I wanted to say too. Uh not that we're done talking about the yeah. plot, but uh uh, bring on. I'm, says, I'm happy to talk about this third act for a while. So. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> how would you like to die? Old. You chose the wrong profession. I like that one. Good line. Yeah, it's totally. No, and I think that Kenneth Branagh is totally succeeding in what he's doing here. I, I think that he's an underrated actor, and I'm glad that Christopher Nolan utilized him as the bad guy in this movie because I think that he does a great job. I think it's a great performance. He needs so more, psyched. man. He needs more. Absolutely. I mean, not that he hasn't had enough. I mean, he's been in a lot, but I, I could watch him all day. I think yeah. he's fantastic. Yeah, I think that he should be more. Uh, he should be around more in Hollywood for sure. But you, yeah, yeah, I would agree. Any others there? Uh, it's quite a bit. There's kind of a Keanu one. Barbara, you're not shooting the bullet. You're catching it. And the protagonist goes, whoa. So that's pretty cool. I noticed that one too. I I like that line. I thought that was sweet. I do like that one. He doesn't say it like that. He's like, whoa. He, but I mean, it was, Um, it was enough. eh, There's a lot on here, but I mean. I'm curious if it was an actual homage to freaking Matrix. Because it very well could Yeah. There's the classic, uh, you want to crash a plane? Well, not from the air. Don't be so dramatic. Well, how big of a plane? That part is a little dramatic. Eh, you know, that's, that's like the trailer, you know, kind of chippy, them being friends, right. humor. Totally. You know, that's what you want to see. I mean, that's the best. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just Robert Pattinson, man. <laughs> like, well, I just love Robert. Dude. Let's, let's talk about him for a second, though, because that is a theory that I saw on Reddit. After I watched this movie, I kind of just like was looking at what people are talking about and what yeah, people are th- doing the saying research, and thinking. Yeah. But people are saying that perhaps Robert Pattinson is the little kid, right? The son of Cat, just grown up, yeah. and he meets John David Washington and then goes back in time. Or does John David Washington go back in time and meet whatever previous version of Neil existed? Who knows? But I think it's an interesting one. And the what when you said that, don't be so dramatic. Because I feel like Robert Pattinson's kind of got a real posh British style of speaking and he does. manner he does. of carrying himself. So that it might make sense that he was an extremely wealthy child. I think that in totally England. makes sense. You know? And he says that we spent a lot of time together. And that if you think about it, well, he looks about 30 something, you know, 34 maybe. 35 something, 29. Yeah, I, I was know. trying to think about how that would. Look that old. You know, it's like, yeah, how long like, have how they, they been spend buddies? spend 20 years together? Yeah. Did he say 20 you know, years? We're buddies. Was there an actual timeline to it? Maybe he said 20 years. I, I, maybe I'm pulling that. I can't, rem- I can't remember if they ever actually. Out of inversion. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's also the crazy thing to think about, too, is because when those guys become involved in this conflict, I feel like they're just going to keep like inverting themselves and then reverting themselves. And. They'll just keep staying within the when same like couple year stop? period of time. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like they'll never actually yeah, never go anywhere other than their current time. And that makes them such freaking pawns of the future. <laughs> you know? I know. Like it's so sad, actually, that these people's lives are. Yeah, the people are in the future are probably just like, ha ha. 
Yeah, you know, we just like suckered uh, this guy into strings. fighting ching, against ching, us ching, for ching. his entire life within like you know two thousand twenty three to two thousand. Oh, we might get out. Uh, another inversion. <laughs> this guy. It's like we'll yeah. send another uh, send another plutonium. This guy was like born in the nineteen nineties, and he just never actually makes it past two thousand thirty. <laughs> Even though he lives to be like <laughs> 60, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess back to the ending, I just loved, I guess, how action-packed it was. And then as soon as the rubble falls in that doorway, like, when I saw Robert Pattinson's backpack sitting there, he sees that the guy that that's dead has the little parachute on it. Um I just feel like they, man, they handled that in such an awesome way. And I, but I still need explaining on like, who was, who was that though? I don't know. It's so confusing because that's the one that died. Right. Yes. So that's like the third inversion that comes in. So, because, you know, there's, yeah, yeah, totally. You go ahead. So, well, yeah. so like within that battle, there there's also some pretty sweet moments because you get to see it from both perspectives, and they do a really he does a really good job of visual storytelling and allowing you to keep yeah. track. Yeah. Um, and it's the second By flashing back. But the and second forward. time, the second time through, like you understand what the finale is, and so it's easier to track. Yeah, honestly. Um, but essentially. Neil is going back in time. And I just wanted to mention that those, some of those immediate running shots when they're unloading is overwhelming to me. Like it the is. initial it is. battle, you're like, oh, okay. So Sator just has this Russian army that also has yeah. the capabilities of inversion. So some of them are inverted I and am some Sator. aren't. Yeah. Like, in, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is crazy, you know? But the no, moment it really when is. They, it really is. When the, the moment when they sync up the building uh, collapsing, they shoot it from both angles of time. And so that move, that building explodes at the same time from both inversions, which is really cool. And like it's rewatching so that weird. one is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, uh, Neil, uh, Robin Patson sees Sator's guy, you know, walking out after he had just done something. And so, you know, Neil is still going backward in time and he's like, Oh, that guy just did something bad. Uh, you know, and so I need to go investigate this. Uh, and so he ends up following that person into where they were at and then reverts himself. And so he is able to make it out and save those guys. Uh, he, he, and he's late for his ship, right? Because yeah, he, re- yeah. he inverts himself to be going forward in time. So he's at the same time as John David Washington and Ives. And so they would not have escaped had he been in that truck waiting to drag them. But yeah, yeah. what happens is that they also know that, that Robert Pattinson, after that moment, went back in time, inverted, and got them out of there and saved them in that last act, which ends up in his death. So we saw Robert Pattinson's future story when he went oh, back. Oh gosh, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And see, that's the thing, and that's what makes you tear up at the end mm-hmm. because that that was the one eye welling moment for me was him being like, "We've known each other for a long time," and John David Washington going basically in his head, "What's happened has happened." You know, he doesn't say it out loud, but he's kind of like, you know, I'm not going to tell him because what's happened has happened. You know, it's. It's not, you know, that if I tell him that he's going to die when he goes back and, you know, when he goes back and, and does save me, then 
he might not do it or that might change things, you know, just like in the earlier part of the movie. So that's what kind of like, I guess, killed me at the end because oh. I was like, gosh, they're friends. And now he knows he's going to die. And like, this is the last time they're going to see each other. But for him, he's known each other, him for a long time. And they've had a, you know, fruitful friendship. And then, um, you know, John David Washington's going on to be like, okay, I guess I'm going to be friends with this guy for a long time now. So, I mean, it is like a beautiful send off, but, uh, it's, it's confusing and kind of heartbreaking in a weird way. You know, it's it's like, I, I, yeah, I didn't expect that emotional punch right there. Just like, dang man, really? Like, and how did I even get there? Like, I didn't think that I was going to (laughs) be like, I guess, smart enough to follow this whole thing because it's so confusing. But then at the end, Christopher Nolan does it in such a beautiful way that he brings the pieces together for pretty much anybody to, like, really grasp at least that message of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can, you know, you can take your own time to rewatch it and figure out exactly what everything's about. But, um, yeah, I I, f- I do feel like just like kind of a uh, like a general thoughts type thing is that I think this movie is pretty accessible for what it is. I think that it is generally accessible and for the layman watching this that doesn't even know a Christopher Nolan movie, maybe it's a little bit too confusing, but I feel like a lot of people can kind of catch on to at least a small amount of what is going on, you know? Yeah. And then people like us that are watching it, we can kind of go back and figure out, okay, what happened though? That's <laughs> you know? why I'm going to, um, I'm actually going to make my own cut where uh, throughout the last hour of the film, I'll just hop in every like 10 minutes and give a brief synopsis <laughs> of what's Hi going there. on. <laughs> Hi, uh, you just finished the hallway fight scene. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're seeing Hi, I'm is Dave. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the timeline currently stands. <laughs> just- Are you confused? So was I. <laughs> My name's Dave. <laughs> Were you confused the first time you saw Tedded? So was I. <laughs> for for fourth payments of 1999, I can walk you through <laughs> the general plot line of Tenet and discuss <laughs> plot theories about Neil's origins. <laughs> and then it goes to mine, and I'm like, are you confused? All right, so Sator is a galactic uh, ruler <laughs> um, who <laughs> has an army. Yeah. And for an addi- explain it so wrong. For an additional four ninety nine, you can get what, what's the character from from Brooklyn? Bart, Bart from Brooklyn. Yeah. For yeah. an extra four ninety nine, you can get Bart from Brooklyn explaining it. So Robert Pattinson, huh? <laughs> right. So wait, Pretty he was going looking. forward in time. <laughs> So wait a minute, you're telling me that guy's not living anymore? <laughs> hey, he thought he just died a second ago. Um, All right. No, that's good. But no, I mean, it is. It's just a, it's such a wild ending and it's, it's super cool. But yeah, I love, is. I love how, you know, Robert Pattinson, I feel like his character's downplayed a little bit, but there's, you know, there's enough alluding to him being, a pretty big force within the film and him knowing way more than he actually does. And so it's super cool at the ending when it's revealed that, you know, they've been good buddies for a long time and that this is the beginning of the story uh, of their friendship, but also that like that is his ending as well. And John David Washington has always known that the protagonist has always known that that's where Neil dies Mm -hmm. yet. He like recruits him in the future or in the past, wherever he ends up going. And you know, that's super messed up, but also Neil pretty much gives him permission. And I wonder if Neil knows that he's going to his death in that moment as well. Right. I, I don't know. Maybe, 
Yeah. You know? Be, well, I mean, he no, says, I don't think that he necessarily He says would. that he's not going to make it out or something like that earlier in the film. He's like, I might die or something. Well, anybody like that... would have to kill me. Oh, yeah, something like that. Well, because once you start going down the line of Tenet or something, I think that it's it's just like a curse. You know, it's like the Matrix, right? It's a curse that you're no, you yeah. now understand that you're never going to be able to, like, get that out of your mind. You're in the real world now. Yeah. But those guys yeah. also, the and three... And you're in a goo egg. You're in a goo egg, and you're going to get dropped into a pool and get picked oh, up by gosh. a weird robot <laughs> droid. That, yeah. Or a, oh, it's orange. A drone. <laughs> <laughs> kind of tastes like high C. <laughs> it's not bad, actually. Um, but, yeah, I think that, that that ending is super interesting in that way. Um, and I think that Neil's character ends up being, like, the most fascinating component of it right yeah because he he does yeah. and and also i don't think that he necessarily he's the mvp you go ahead i don't but, think yeah. that he necessarily knew that he was going to die though because in that last battle he sees that person um coming out of there knowing that he just messed with the plans or something like that and there's something nefarious going on and so then he reverts time and goes forward in time and he saves them. But when he's sitting there in that truck and he's waiting to pull them out of the explosion, which will take the algorithm yeah. away from the explosion, he says, ah, screw it, when time has ran up for him to catch the bus again. And so he knows that he'll be lost in time with those guys uh, or that he'll be stuck going forward with those guys. But he says, ah, screw it, and does it knowing also that he has to go back and set all that up and help those guys escape as well. You know what I mean? I see. Yeah. yeah. And so, but like, it, yeah, that makes sense. In the moment, he not. He, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I know. It's, it's difficult. Oh, yeah. That to, makes 100% sense. It's difficult to explain. No, I get it. So. I do. I, I get it. I, I get it enough. I get it as much as, uh, you know, if we would have had a conversation about Inception uh, after I, you know, first really watched it. I mean, I still don't fully understand Inception, yeah. but that's the exciting thing about these movies, man. And this one is so action packed and awesome that. I'm looking forward to watching it again. Totally. You know, I can't, it's definitely going to be on the rewatch list for yeah. me. And I, I would be surprised if I don't, if I don't watch it, you know, once a year or once every two years, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and what do you think? I mean, it's pretty analogous to in- Inception, don't you think? I mean, out of all of yeah. Nolan's films, yeah. I think that that is the, you know, this one resembles it's the that closest. the most. Closest feel. It's yeah, it's the closest feeling. And, you know, although you don't have, uh, Christian Bale, um, you don't have, um, I don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio, like, leading this movie, you know, I feel like all of them, what's the guy's name, Garrett, the, uh, the guy from Memento, what's that guy's name? Oh, um, oh, no. Main actor. Oh, shoot. Isn't it, like, Gareth something? No, it's, um, not, oh, dude, it's gonna kill me. The guy from Counter. Yeah, Money. go ahead and look it up. Huh? We got time. Yeah, Come on. We, well, let's look it up. Guy Pierce. I didn't look it up. Didn't look it up. Just Guy Pierce. He didn't look it up. <laughs> I didn't even see. Came it. Came to me. <laughs> um, what a guy. Yeah. No, but yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to say. Is like I feel like the two leads in this film, or three leads for that. For for instance, you know, I was talking about the fresh face thing, but I do. I think that's why this movie works so much because there's not an overshadowing of power by any actor. Although Robert Pattinson is probably like the the bigger name in it, like, you know, as of the time that this movie came out. 
So whenever he's on screen, you're like, sweet, it's Robert Pattinson. But it's not like he's carrying this whole thing. Whereas like Inception, Leonardo DiCaprio has this crazy emotional tie that carries you through the movie. And it's all kind of his film. Um, and so I think that's what like differentiates this between like his other movies is this is like a this was like a team effort, I guess. And it's such a cool story. It's not just about like one raw character to develop. It's about this whole world and this whole you know, these people from the future are trying to destroy everything. And it's like, I don't know, it's so outside the realm. And I heard um, um, uh, um, uh, John David Washington, sorry, go is, those are three very basic names. <laughs> so it's hard to get it in the right you gotta order. Say, like, um, you got to say the whole thing. John David Washington, John David Washington, John David Washington. Um, but um, I heard an interview with him and he said, you know, although he's, you know, the protagonist in the film, he said that he thinks it's Christopher Nolan's best work. And, um, you know, I can't, whether it is my favorite, you know, I don't know. I guess we'll rank them here in a second, but, um, that it's, it's pretty darn close, man. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. I'm excited to watch it more though. And maybe I'll, I'll fall more in love with it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, totally, man. Totally. I I think that also the thing about this movie, I, I have a couple of thoughts on it. I I think just compared to Inception, I think that everybody was, you know, like, whoa, Inception is crazy, like, and so hard to understand. But Inception is actually, like, pretty easy to understand. But I think It is pretty easy to understand, yeah. I think that there's a lot within Inception that is also hard to accept, you know, where it's like you really just got to buy into the world and be like, all right, I'll go along with this. But this movie seems so much more ground in reality, yet it's so much yeah, more confusing yeah. and like complex and wild. But I think that it holds up as, you know, a vision of holds something up that's more possible, than like more. This than, is what happens while you sleep, you know. Exactly this is how time works while you sleep. Yeah, exactly. That one's like that one is almost more fantasy than it would be like science fiction, you know. But this is. is like yeah. this is just science fiction. It's like what if somebody could reverse time? Like if you could send somebody. Yeah. So that they were going backward in time. Yeah, Sator. And it's like, yeah. it's not going back in time, you know? Like, you're not time traveling necessarily. You are, but, like, you're just literally, like, going through the world backward, like, which is crazy. So, I don't know. Yeah. I yeah, just, just... You spin around, you land at a certain point, but it's not like you can... I don't know. My mind is mush. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> but, I, I mean, that's... But that's, like, the... You know, the end of this movie, the third act, where you have two teams traveling different, you know, in different and ways. And different time frames. I think, as well as an enemy that's traveling inverted all over the place. Exactly. Like, and, like I don't that, even know what their deal is. And then you're re-watching certain scenes from different perspectives and gaining new knowledge from them. You're learning that certain characters have way more information than they let on. You also realize that Neil is like occurring at multiple times throughout the storyline from the future yeah. because he shows up at the beginning because you see that little thing, right? Uh, and then they are coming in and out of time multiple times. So it's like, I think that this movie is definitely the most mind-bending Nolan work so far. And yeah. I think that in the future, I'll probably, I think this is this may become my favorite Christopher Nolan film. Like I freaking That's kind of what I'm saying. Movie. I think I think upon rewatching, I think it definitely could become that yeah um i i mean but not to cut you off do we have anything else that we want to wrap up about the ending 
Oh, I mean, what don't I mean, we have? <laughs> you know? No, I'm just kidding. There's a lot more. <laughs> no, um, I do love I Am the Protagonist when he's sitting I there in the car. I am a huge fan of that line. It is so good. And he kills her. Because that's... He kills a lady from Mumbai. Go ahead. Well, yeah, that's all I was saying. He kills a lady from Mumbai, and then he's there protecting Cat, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. watching out for her. Um, I love that, and I love where it goes, and I yeah, I love how it ends. I really do. Yeah. No, I'm a huge... I think that that's such a solid ending. And, you know, the way that he... You really kind of see the future of that character, where he tells her, like, you said to me earlier that I'm a protagonist, but what you don't realize is that everything that's been happening is designed by future me. And so I am the protagonist. Like I am. I am the creator. Yeah. And it's so cool, you know, because he's just embracing the fact that like he's following a plan that he has designed way later on. And it's, oh, it's beautiful. I can't even. And that's why he's such a good character. I love the protagonist. And it's so cool that they don't even ever name him. He's just the protagonist. (laughs) I think that's one of the wittiest things that Christopher Nolan's ever done. I mean, that's that that a filmmaker's ever done. Nobody does that. No. Yeah. They just, nobody just names the villain villain. Yeah. Yeah. Like nobody ever calls him by his name, you know? No, no. And there's, and that's a whole nother place to theorize, you know, like what was his name? Is there any hints throughout the film? You know, yeah. People are probably doing that right now on Reddit. Like, Oh, I think I saw a billboard and, you know, that's just another thing to like fanboy over of like, I wonder what his name was. You know, it's like Robin in the Batcave after Dark Knight Rises. It's like the top spinning at the end of Inception. It's like there's just so many things that I think this movie almost has like more of them. You know, uh-huh. it leaves you with more of that. Like. What could happen if this would happen? And if, if this happened, then X, Y and Z. And um, yeah, man. And I think I don't know, just talking about it. Yeah, you go ahead. Well, I think that it's such a cool movie also because it really represents a new style of storytelling where Christopher Nolan is like, I'm going to seriously hand you a puzzle box. You know, like this yeah. is really a wild film. And like, I want you to, you know, try to learn more about it and argue about the reality of it you know what i mean because i'm already seeing like conversations on reddit that are super interesting of people that disagree about things within this movie and like it's so cool that he created you know it's not just a movie like it's it's seriously an experience and i think that that's something he tried to create with dunkirk but he was much more successful in doing so here and that's just it's showing us that like he is really evolving as a filmmaker and I don't think that, you know, this is probably his best film yet, but I mean, we still, dude, Nolan's probably going to make a crazy movie yet, you know, again, yet to come. you know? I mean, how old is he, man? He's, yeah, he's, yeah, it's Nolan, he's still I mean, he's young. probably in his like, 50s, I think, so. Maybe 50s? Yeah, yeah he, he might even be in his 40s, still. so, yeah, man, he's definitely, he's, he's got, got a lot, plenty man. of miles ahead for some sweet movies, yeah. but, you know, this Can't is. Can't wait for his next announcement. Uh, yeah. This could be, this could be my favorite. Can't wait for that next announcement, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. <laughs> This one, this one is really good, and uh, I I really enjoy that. And um, gosh, I feel like I I had something else I wanted to talk about there, but I'm just tenant man. It's it's too. There's good. always a bigger fish, David. I know, I know, I love it. <laughs> I think if Jar Jar were in this, it might make it Slightly, that much better. Yeah, exactly. If Jar Jar were Neil, it'd be perfect. <laughs> Yeah. And the thing is, sorry to bring this up, but I haven't watched The Mandalorian yet, season two, and you have. 
but there's some big thing that happens at the end of the last episode, blah, blah. You know, I don't even know what it is. I'm theorizing it's Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be Jar Jar. It's Jar Jar. He's got to be holding the boom up. They have Jar Jar in a uh, a little vat, and it's very clear that <laughs> they're turning Jar Jar into Snoke. <laughs> and, and you just see it, it zooms in on a screen, and you just see a little heartbeat. Beep. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's just flatlining, flatlining. And then all of a sudden, heartbeat. Zooms over to Jar Jar's face, eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> and you just hear. And then <laughs> keyword for the next Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> keyword for the next Disney Plus series. Booma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that would be the best. Honestly, though, like if they. And it goes to like December 15th and the background noise is. <laughs> Oh god. Sorry man, sorry dude. No, dude. I think honestly a great spin-off um of the Mandalorian would be a world and like it starts out right on uh Naboo and you see the what are the the Gungans all gathered. The Gungans. And that's what I was going to say. Executing yeah. uh Jar Jar because he became loyal to the Empire and they wanted to rebel against the Empire so they execute him. Oh, that's a good call. And then it's like they could call it Booma insurrection. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> they're they're re- rebelling against the Empire. I think it'd be a sweet series. And it's all from the per- I'd love all it. from the perspective of Captain Captain Tarpole. Right, the, uh, <laughs> the <guy>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. Anyways, Tenet. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know. It's like I, I I have plenty to say on Tenet still, but again, I I never know. I never know what else to say. I mean, it's just it's just too yeah. good. And I think that I just think that the the ideas in it are are so incredible. And I think that this movie is such a proving effort in what we can hope to see from Nolan. And, um, I mean, yeah, where does this, hopefully other filmmakers too. I mean, yeah, they're totally, yeah. People can do, you can do so many things. And so I, yeah, I think that this is, you know, the third act of this movie is close to as good as the end of the matrix to me. And just as my, and, and this is one of the most thought provoking films I've ever watched. I've, I, I have never wanted to engage in more online information about a, about a film that I have with Tenet. Like this is, it's yeah. really something quite special. Um, but so where do you think that this ranks among your Nolan films? Um, well, like, cause yeah. I mean, we're talking we're, about how it could be, it could be my favorite. Where, where else are the Nolan films for you? I think that, I mean, it just depends. Like if you split the dark Knight trilogy up, I mean, I think that the dark Knight would be my top. I think, you know, mm-hmm. I want to say it's my top, but I, I'm hesitant to say it just because it, is it my top because of just one performance, you know? Because of Heath um, Ledger? Yeah. Or is it my top because it's, it's incredible because it's, it's a great movie. But yeah, comparing it to, to this, I mean, I know comparing the Dark Knight to Inception, I think I'd take the Dark Knight every time. Comparing it to Dunkirk, comparing it to Memento, comparing it to, eh, the Prestige is pretty darn good. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, Prestige actually might be my favorite. No, I don't. To be I honest, Prestige though, is really good. Yeah, I honestly, like, if I Prestige is, really I don't necessarily have like a great ranking of Nolan, but just just thinking about it in my head, what I would probably go with would maybe be Tenet, Interstellar, 
Prestige, Inception, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Oh, man. Dunkirk. And then yeah. Memento. Yeah, and then whatever else. Memento and then Inception. Then Memento. Yeah, Memento would probably be at the yeah bottom for me, too. Just I haven't seen it enough, though. But that's um, also putting Dark Knight so, so low, which... I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can abide by that, but like, see, I don't think I would put Dark Knight that low. But I and think I would that, put Interstellar. Yeah. I think I think that I enjoy well, I would, all of the other independent Nolan movies more than any of the Batman ones by themselves. Any of the Batman movies? I think I do. I really think I do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're like. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's a ridiculous statement, and I'm pretty sure everybody disagrees. But no, I, I I completely agree though, man. I just watched all three of those movies, and upon rewatching for the eight hundredth time, um, it, you know, it just is what it is at this point. I they're great Batman movies. I'm more excited about the Batman coming out. Um, but if I actually had to think about it, this is kind of just firing from the hip, but. I don't know, man. I might put Tenet at top. I might put Tenet at top, and then I might go Tenet, Dark Knight, um, Interstellar, Prestige, Inception, and then Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises. Memento. Did I skip the prestige? No, you put it in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right after Interstellar, I think. Yeah, right after Interstellar. Or, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, Dunkirk, Tenet, Dark then Nine, Memento, or something. Prestige. Yeah, they. Oh, yeah, Dunkirk too. Yeah, Dunkirk would be. You know, Memento and Dunk, Dunkirk are kind of, kind of down there for me. But, but we're yeah. Batman Begins comes before Dark Knight Rises for sure. But I do like Dark Knight Rises. I've I've grown to like it more than. Um, I thought I would. It's just a shame about Heath Ledger, man. I mean, that's just, that's the thing about it all. It's just a shame. And who knows where he could have fit into that third movie. And if he even was planned to be in it, you know, but mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it's a shame, it's, but Tom Hardy's I'd always awesome. Love to know what could have been, you know, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that that's, I think that we're both putting Tenet way up high right now. And because we're both pretty hot on this film coming, we're coming pretty off high it. on it's pretty it. awesome. Yeah. Uh, either way, could change. The thing is, is that at least with my ranking, like those, like all, like Inception, Interstellar, and Prestige, all of those movies are not far apart. You know what I mean? No, like, they're fantastic. Like they're all, and honestly, like I feel like most Nolan films, at least like Dark Knight and then Dark Knight Batman Begins, not Dark Knight Rises, but like all of those movies and then the newer films they're all about the same level. It's just like he pumps out. They're all right around the he same. He keeps yep. pumping out my favorite movies. And so, you know, it's, what are you yeah. going to do? Yeah. <laughs> they're all there's, awesome. There's no reason not to be excited and look forward to it because yeah. it's not going to, it's not going to dud, you know, like Dunkirk wasn't a dud. It was a phenomenal movie. Right. It just, I walked out of the theater going, that was a hell of an experience. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, it was different than maybe I thought it was going to be, but I'm happy that I got to see that, right. especially in like IMAX, you know, because that was just crazy. What a what a feat of filmmaking totally. that was. Totally. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's truly incredible. And that's, you know, I really wish I would have seen this in IMAX because, yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's why we were talking about it earlier. I just, yeah. I wish that, yes. 
Um, did you? Usually, we would do favorite scene, favorite character, favorite line. Um, and with newer movies, it's kind of more difficult to do that. But uh, I'm assuming yeah, that yeah. you know, favorite character is very, very evident. Uh, got to give it to the Pat MVP baby. <laughs> pat him on the back. <laughs> yeah, got to give it on to the Robert Pattinson. Pat him on. Yeah, he is so yeah, good in kneel. this movie. I am a huge fan. Yep. He just knocks it out. I'll kneel part. before him. Yeah, because absolutely. it was so good. Absolutely. <laughs> take my money, take whatever, Robert, and keep on going, buddy. We support you. We're here for you. We love you. He's too good. He's too good. Way to go, Robert. Absolutely. Way to go. <laughs> What's your favorite scene, though? Uh, the ending bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Third whole act. ending, you know, the last hour. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I, I'm not really prepared to say, I guess. Sure. I don't know. After one watch, I, there was nothing that, like, caught me because i was so just like yeah. you know like i think that, just kind of going with the motions of it i think that the initial landing of the last temporal panther movement is maybe one of the coolest oh, yeah. oh, moments yeah, yeah. when you just see them running in to a backward thing like it's it's so cool um mm-hmm. and then also when uh also when kenneth branagh shows up on the freeway in the, the counting of the fingers counting down and uh, the yeah, protagonist is yeah. looking forward and seeing the car wreck coming, like coming at him pretty yep. much. He's like, Oh, that part is so, so awesome. So just ridiculous. Yeah. But I mean, there's so many, well, it's probably the Michael Caine scene. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Michael Caine. No doubt. No doubt. Um, but uh, Gwen Stefani, should we ask the standard question? Are we there yet? Are we there? I think we're there, man. I think we're there. Yeah. I mean, what have we? Yeah. Two hours. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, feel, I mean, I, I mean, we, we could have gone two forty five. I could you know, keep I talking about like, this movie forever, but it's also yeah. going to be me continuing to describe inversion and temporal pinsper movements. And <laughs> I think everybody out there is very interested in that, though, you know, inversion and temporal pincers and yeah, <laughs> plutonium. Yeah. You get to three points and galactic scored. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, would you rather watch this? Well, that's a duh. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather watch this or School of Rock? No doubt, School of Rock. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's so. It's I. Sorry, Jack. This movie is incredible. Sorry, like, Jack. You, we love you, man. I have his shirt on today. I have the shirt with stick it to the mon. Oh, nice. I actually couldn't see the bottom of that shirt for a while there, and I was yeah, curious that? what was on there. Nice. Sweet. We're still supporting you, Jack. We, we love still you. love you. We love you, Jack. This movie is better than School <laughs> Rock, Jack Wack. but not by much. This movie is way better. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, very small, like a hair. <laughs> very close. But um, put, what would Jack Black... I mean, obviously Jack Black should just be Neil. Sator, man. Oh, yeah. He would be. That's a good call. Or also the guy that... The Jack Black is the The guy villain. that uh, failed out of... <laughs> um, you know, his uh, test for tenant. <laughs> oh, yeah. The guy that, yeah. like, gives him the heads up, and he's like, not everybody passes that test you passed. <laughs> and he kind of sulks <laughs> off. <laughs> I, I gave up information rather than die, so now I have to live the rest of my life is in shame and just give people the pitch and never actually go down okay, and understanding what tenant is. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I think that's a great call. He should have He should definitely have been Sator. Sator, <laughs> the Galactic Emperor. That was pretty bad. That um, sounds cool. 
Could be a cool TV show. Sator, Sator. Do you think that he is here? <laughs> Sorry. Do you think that this could this be a uh, you know? Would you support a tenant too? Hundred percent, man. Hundred thousand percent. Because there's there's still more room to to go. I mean, you you can go on with the story. Please show us what he gets up to, or show us him from the future. Mm. Dive into the future stuff, like. I don't know, man. There's there's a lot there. I doubt Nolan will, but maybe he will. You know, maybe he would. I doubt, but I, I know he loves his standalones besides Batman. But you know, he did it for Batman, and he's gonna do it for us. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> Simpsons Christmas. Nice. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think I think that would be awesome. I would hundred percent go to it. And yeah, it's interesting yeah. because it's like. I do I do think it's fun having Christopher Nolan as a filmmaker that just keeps trying to do different things, you know, but gosh, this is such a cool sandbox to play around in. I would love to see Yeah. I would love to see this universe expanded even more, you know. Like if he made a Tenet trilogy, I would I would love to too. I would not be disappointed. But like at the same time, just to, you know, one last time <laughs> address the the you know, the uh the pincer, the, the pincer movement is out your, but <laughs> the the interesting about thing about this movie is that um, the success at the end of this movie is like the finale of the battle that they are waging, and so this is them saving the world, and so I think that like it's interesting because whatever future protagonist. Um, version of John David Washington there is, he is like building himself up to this moment to make this happen. Yeah. But he sends yeah, this him, was like, the big deal. He sends his previous, you know, he like gets himself involved, but that's because that's what always happened. You know, like that is yeah. how he got involved, but he finds out, I mean, it's just, just goes, it just goes in a little. Yeah. I don't know if you really could make a second one because like, he's already saved the world, but I think he can't save the world anymore. Exactly. Yeah. This is kind of him saving the world and the rest, like the next movie would be him working towards this is a big deal. the goal in this, yeah. you know, so maybe it's not as successful, yeah. but still love to see him play around in it because this was awesome. Coolest fight scenes ever. I, Some of the best action I sequences. I would too. It's an amazing movie. <laughs> You're so funny, man. <laughs> as this goes on, you just keep trying. He's keep trying to get in a little bit more too. <laughs> like it's like you kind of see the door closing on this podcast, and you're like, yeah. But the pincers, and <laughs> also there's a little bit more about Robert Pattinson. <laughs> it's like the door closing, and you're kind of like still sticking your I face in there. Like, yeah, but one more thing about Cat. Um, I just want to say <laughs> he went back. He went back twice, guys. Toward the end, <laughs> like the door is closing. <laughs> I love it though, man. And you might have I love him as a child. Do you see? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do like uh, how much we both like this film. I'm glad that and, you loved uh, it as much as I did. I, it's made for a great conversation because, yeah, I, yeah, I, I love, I loved it, man. It's, it's great, and I just hope uh, if you're listening to this, tell your friends, <laughs> spread the word. Tenet's great. I just hope that people watch it. You know, I hope I do that too. Um, it gets out there because I feel like it's just going to kind of get washed over and. Uh, you know, a couple years from now, you'd be like, "Hey, did you see Tenant? You ever watch that?" And people are like, "What even is that?" And you're like, "Ah, man, mm-hmm. darn you, 2020." Yeah, <laughs> just exactly. Really got it. You know, I feel like this should be so. as as much present in like you know culture as any of his other movies, if not more so. You yeah, know? 
because I, I feel like Inception was huge. Inception, Inception was, was really huge, big, right? Never that was the whole thing. Is that everybody yeah. left the theater being like, "Oh, my brain hurts," you know, like it was. Yeah, that was brain. so complicated and tough to understand. And Interstellar was, so cool. was pretty big, you know. Interstellar was still pretty big, like. Everybody went and saw it. It was still a pretty big deal. But that's, you know, know, a lot of people Um, didn't love Interstellar as much as his previous works, which you and I are on the other side of. We love that movie. Um, Yeah, love Interstellar. But I think that this one is having somewhat of a similar response where people found it hard to understand parts of it and that it was too confusing, which, again, I watched it at home with subtitles on and I was able to pause it and rewind it. So like I didn't yeah, have so, a lot yeah, of those problems. Lucky. So I wonder, I wonder how mm-hmm. much that's going to affect it, but either way, I hope that, I hope that it gets as much attention as it deserves. Cause it's awesome. I hope so too. Yeah. But there you go. So that's tenant. Love it. It's awesome. Probably his best that's movie. Tenet, man. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, thank you everybody for listening today to the professor Jones podcast. You can find us on Instagram. At Bro, Joe, uh, Bro Jones Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at the same tag, as well as uh, you can find us on Facebook at Professor Jones. We're also on pretty much every platform, Spotify, iTunes. Um, yeah, we're all over the place. Audio Boom, wherever you listen to it, you can probably find us. So please, if you enjoy it, uh, give us a, uh, a review on iTunes. Please uh, don't forget to, uh, to subscribe to our, uh, our other, uh, other channels, um, as well as uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, we'd love to see you and also, uh, send us a message of any movies that are coming out that maybe you want to hear us talk about any old movies and, uh, other things like that. So that's about all I got to say. It's good. Uh, good convo on tenant, man. <laughs> yeah. Great movie. Great times. Till next time we live in our lives quarter mile at a time. Professor Jones and the Diggs. Professor Jones and the Diggs. Professor Jones and the Diggs. <laughs> Did you guys get that it was a temporal pincer movement? They're both they're going other directions in time, same time, concurrently. <laughs> <laughs>